Welcome to Becoming Unstuck, a safe place to help individuals find the tools they need to live the life they truly want. I'm your host, Jordan Meyer, registered therapist, clinical mental health counselor. Join me here each week where we will learn one tool that you can use to become the person you've always wanted to be and live each day with more happiness. On today's episode, we're continuing our conversation of part two of boundaries. So last episode, we had an example of what a life looks like without boundaries. And for anyone who at the end of that felt like you were exhausted by just listening to it, often notice that this same feeling exists in the lives of individuals who experience it on a daily basis is this lack of energy, this feeling as though I use the representation of an ice sculpture. If in the beginning you feel like you're a beautiful ice sculpture and every time that one of these boundaries is crossed, you're chipped away a little bit each time and a part of you in the ice sculpture is gone, eventually there's no more sculpture left. You have nothing left to give. And it's often this time that I see individuals come into me and say, I'm broken. I got nothing left to give. Please help. And that's often the conversation we have is this conversation of boundaries. Let's talk about what's going on in your life and where we're learning that we need to say no and when to say yes to certain things. Beginning discussions of boundaries start by learning to understand what boundaries are and what boundaries are not. Oftentimes when we talk about boundaries, we talk about barriers or things that keep things out. And while that can be true, we often refer to as physical boundaries. So a physical boundary is something like a dam. It keeps water out. But what we don't understand is that boundaries both keep things out as well as keep things in. And that's what I really want to focus on for this episode is looking at boundaries through a lens rather than trying to control or dictate other people's behavior. Boundaries exist in a way to learn how to protect ourselves. And so I want you to view boundaries through a lens of it as a protection of what is inside of you rather than trying to keep things out. So it's often common example used that a boundary is set If a person is speaking to you in a disrespectful way, setting a boundary means you say to them, I will no longer let you treat me this way. And this is often the mistake that we use in that boundaries cannot dictate other people's behavior. We have no control over a person's behavior. In fact, if that person wants to treat us a certain way, we have no control over whether they do that or not. Who we have control over is us we can determine for ourselves whether we let people treat us a certain way. People will treat us the way we let them treat us. A boundary is learning how to protect you and the values that you hold as an individual. Now, there are certain things within boundaries that we struggle with as humans as we grow up, right? We're often pulled in so many different directions that we aren't given a good example of what proper boundaries are. Oftentimes, this a lack of boundaries on a daily basis comes because of some myths and ideas that we were either taught growing up or we in ourselves learned that we're okay or not okay. Oftentimes, people say that the fear of setting a boundary exists because they fear hurting other people's feelings. They fear abandonment or being separated. They fear someone else being angry at them or a form of punishment. They fear being viewed as selfish, controlling, or manipulative or they fear being viewed as strict and that they're self-centered. And these are really our myths that people have created. And they have created because all of these examples come from individuals who were angry or bitter that a boundary was being set for them. And they really struggled 
to deal with that boundary. Any boundary we set in our life is going to come with some opposition. It's going to come with people challenging and trying to see if they can get that boundary to fall or if, if we're serious enough in order to hold that boundary. And while this may be very unfortunate and we wish it wasn't the case, individuals will naturally try to test boundaries. So think about teenage years or children when they're given boundaries of curfew or how far they can travel, who they can hang out with. They will naturally push these boundaries. And as humans, we have to test the boundaries to know where our limits are. And this is why I use this example because boundaries are not designed to control or manipulate people. They're designed to offer a structure and with to exist within. With children, this is very beneficial. Children thrive off structure. The more boundaries we have, the better they function, the better they actually adapt to life and the rules that go with it. When they're left to their own devices and are given ultimate freedom, they really struggle with understanding how to adjust to life because they've given no boundaries or structure of how to assess what is good and not within the world. So if you yourself are someone who have found to be struggling with boundaries or you really resonated with the example given in last episode, I want to talk to you for a minute about ways that you can start to implement in your life a structure of boundaries and begin to find more balance. Step one in understanding our boundaries is understanding us and our values. We need to understand what our values are in individual and how we guide our lives on a daily basis with these values. Every decision we make in regards to boundaries should come back to protecting a value. Now remember we talked about that boundaries don't keep things out, they protect things inside. So if I'm making a decision or setting a boundary in my life, it may look very differently than what we actually think it looks. And it because so, it does to protect the value within me. I cannot control a person's behavior of how they act. I can control how I let people treat me. And so therefore, in that example of you can't talk to me that way is often look at as a boundary, but that's control. That's trying to dictate a person's behavior. Rather, I want to say, I am not going to allow you to talk to me that way. And if you continue to do so, I'm going to have to remove myself from the situation or ask you to leave. That is within my right to do because I can express based on my internal value I set the boundary to protect that value, and in doing so, when I know that the boundary comes from a value within me, then I can be a lot more secure and sure that what I'm asking for is coming from a place that has merit, that's not based on control or manipulation, it's done from protection, and therefore I can be a lot more firm in my standing of my boundary. When the person tries to test it, or prove that it's not going to stand, I can be a lot more secure in knowing that I can make it stand and hold to it because it's going to protect me. And that really gives me a lot more confidence to hold on to it. So to review just real quickly, the first steps in understanding your boundaries as an individual are to understand what your values are and what it is that you are trying to protect in your life and hold strong to. Now the other part of boundaries, other than knowing your values, is to be able to recognize and understand types of boundaries. And really we're talking about any kind of boundary, physical, emotional, sexual, mental, spiritual, they all relate. And to understand kinds of boundaries, we need to understand types of boundaries. And there are three types of boundaries that we can hold. The first one is a permeable boundary. 
Now I relate this boundary to a yard with no fence. If a person walks in the yard, I'm gonna notice that something's off. I may see them, be concerned, but if they were to leave, it wouldn't bother me too much. I might be easily able to let it go. So the first boundary being permeable is a boundary that we notice is crossed, but we're able to let it go a little bit more and it doesn't necessarily bother us too much. The second boundary is what we call semi-permeable. And this boundary exists that we can kind of sort of choose based on the situation and person how likely we are to uphold this boundary based on context and what's going on. The third kind of boundary is rigid and I relate this to a brick wall. Um, nobody's getting through, this is firm, this is set, this is a rigid boundary that isn't going to budge. Now boundaries do not speak to the kind of boundary we have. Rather, it speaks to how likely we are to uphold that boundary. So for instance, if I have a permeable boundary, it's a little bit soft and somebody crosses it, how likely am I to say something or to uphold that boundary? If I don't uphold that boundary, I may not notice a lot of distress internally because it wasn't that important or a big deal to me. A semi-permeable boundary is going to be more of a bigger deal and therefore the way that I uphold that boundary is going to be a lot more intentional and important because if I don't, I'm going to feel the distress of not upholding it. If I have a rigid boundary and I don't uphold that boundary, that is going to bother me for the rest of the day, possibly the rest of the week. The internal stress that I'm going to get for not holding to that value and boundary to protect me is going to be very, very destructive and internally distressing. And this is often where we turn that distress into self-shame, thinking that we're the problem and we're the reason that we can't uphold boundaries. When in fact, if we learn to understand that our reaction to boundaries to protect ourselves is based on how likely we are to align with our values and who we want to be as a person. So as a means of an example, for me, one of the values that I hold as an individual is childhood innocence, and in particular, respect for individuals in a public place. So an instance, a permeable boundary for me may be being at the grocery store by myself and the person behind me in line is using foul language on a regular basis or every other word. If I'm by myself, I may reflect on who's around me. Are there any children? Are there any elderly? Are there any women around me? And if such, that permeable boundary, if I'm by myself, I may or may not say something to the individual behind me. Because it's a permeable boundary, if I choose not to say something, I will be easily able to let it go because it wasn't that important. I didn't view it as a way that necessarily needed to uphold the value for me. Now, as a further example, if it's a semi-permeable boundary and I am in line in the grocery store with my wife and the person behind me is using foul language, I will refer to my wife and see how she's feeling if she's uncomfortable or if she noticed it or if there's anyone around me. And depending on the circumstance, I may or may not say something based on what's going on. If I choose not to say something, I had a reason not to. If I choose to say something, then I can be sure that I held to my value and I set the boundary and I can be comfortable and confident in that. A rigid boundary for me is if I have my daughters with me. 
If I'm in the grocery store and I have my daughters with me and there's a person behind me using foul language, because of this value I have of childhood innocence, I have to say something. If I don't say something, I am going to feel as though I'm the worst father in the world because one, I didn't uphold my value, two, I didn't set the boundary, and three, I'm going to turn all that energy inwards towards me in a shame-based situation. So in that regard, I have to say something. And what makes it a boundary is not what I'm saying, it's the fact that I'm saying something to protect my value. I have no control over whether or not the person behind me is going to continue to swear and use foul language, but I can take comfort in the fact that I upheld my value and boundary and I asked them to and otherwise was true to me in that moment. So boundaries work to set expectations and rules in how we live our life. It works to align us with our values. It works to balance our lives in a way that we can be a lot more less overwhelmed in being true to us. And lastly, it helps us give an indication of how to get our needs met in our life. When we know how to ask for and have our needs met, we feel a lot more energy on a daily basis. That ice sculpture analogy that we had earlier doesn't exist now because those chips don't happen. We're able to draw within us that energy and that boundary setting ability to be able to dictate the flow and balance of our lives in an appropriate way. Boundaries don't have to be forceful. They don't have to be aggressive. They can be very polite in speaking to another person, but rather when we know that they come from a value within us, we can have a lot more assurance that asking for that need to be met is okay and an appropriate thing to do. Thank you for listening. As always, if you'd enjoyed today's episode, please share with your friends and family and join me here next week. If you happen to live in the Utah Salt Lake area, please reach out for help if needed. You can find me on Instagram at jordanmeyer.cmhc. Follow me on Facebook. And remember, you can find this episode and future episodes on any podcast platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and I will see y'all next week.